This is a Whole Observatory podcast. Hello, everybody. This is Haley Osborne, and you are listening to Star Stuff, a space podity. Today, I'm joined by your favorite nerd, John Compton. What up, nerds? <laughs> and uh, today we're actually doing a crossover episode with the Drinking Horn Mean Cast crew. So, meatcast, meatcast, hello, Meadcast. Dr- <laughs> Hi, sorry. Yeah, every time someone says Meadcast, we have to do that. So, it's, uh, oh, it's perfect. Every time we say Meadcast, 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 Meadcast. <laughs> contractual, contractual obligation. Yeah. Deal. I love it. I'm yeah. so ready to just say Meadcast a bunch. Meadcast, Meadcast, Meadcast. <laughs> So, um, why don't you guys tell us about the Meadcast? Yeah, so uh, here at Drinking Horn Meadery, uh, one of the things we love is the community aspect that uh, a place like ours can bring. And part of that is, uh, you know, telling people about cool stories that that surround mead. So, we always say that the Drinking Horn Meadcast is about uh, mead, bees, and cool Viking stuff. So, we've got kind of this like trident of of, uh, you know, subject material to pull from. And we think it's, it's some of the best material, um, short of like constellations and astronomy, of course. Uh, like <laughs> of you guys course. Do. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's a very simple, uh, podcast, uh, that, you know, we have a lot of fun with it. It's a chance to kind of just, you know, have a nice low key conversation about some cool stuff, but also inform and educate people about what we think are actually, I guess it's fun, but it's also a little bit important when we talk about things like fake honey or like bee theft or like issues, uh, surrounding, you know, the, the whole honey industry kind of thing, but colony collapse, colony, all that stuff. Yeah. Colony yeah. collapse, pesticides, that kind of thing. So actually, yeah, it's a pretty serious uh, podcast. Holy cow. I didn't realize <laughs> it until just now. Yeah. Oh man. That's awesome. <laughs> How do you guys feel about the B movie? <laughs> oh, uh, don't get me, don't get me started. Don't get me started. <laughs> Oh man! I had to. You brought up bees and like things about honey. I had to. <laughs> <laughs> That's pulling way back too. That was a, like the original bee movie, wasn't that? Yeah, I just I just like it ago. because of like the the male role in it is not at all what a male's role in a in a beehive is. Oh. Inaccuracies in a cartoon portrayal of a movie. What? Right. It's not the talking bee that gets me. It's the inaccuracies of their of their their role I mean, definitions. Barry B. Bombus is not a real. Person, <laughs> he might you just be. knew that off the top of your head. John. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I recently listened to like a deep dive on like uh, like a, like a thing about the B movie. Don't worry about it. Oh my god! <laughs> wow. Hello, nerds, indeed. I know. Oh my gosh. Well, Love you, John. Yeah, you're our kind. Of, you're our kind of nerd, John. Yeah. It's okay. It's a good day. Mm-hmm. As much as I would love to talk about bees this entire podcast, because I I love bees, um, we are here to talk about Norse mythology, so Viking stuff. Um, So John and I have some constellations that we typically talk about and um, the different Norse stories that are associated with them. And uh, you guys are going to fill in some of the mythology, if I'm uh, not mistaken, right? Yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll do do our darndest. Awesome. Awesome. Well, John, do you want to start out with one of your favorite uh, constellation stories? Oh, just in general? Yeah, like one of your favorite Norse constellation stories. Um, I really like the Norse constellation story um, associated with uh, Auriga, 
Mm-hmm. Um, is that not the one you had thought I was going to do? That's one of my favorites. <laughs> I love it. Um, it's the story of uh, Thor going out there with his two goats, pulling his mm-hmm. chariot, and kind of venturing into the world of people uh, like a Norse god does, um, <laughs> which is uh, naively and um, just like, yeah, let's do this world. Um, <laughs> and uh, he goes and like helps to humans and. Um, he's like, yeah, we're going to kill my goats and we're going to eat them. It's going to be great. You, you kids look hungry. And then, um, so, but he, so because Thor was the God of like agriculture and growth and things like that. Um, he could like resurrect the goats every morning. So he, he eat them. And then, uh, the next morning, like raise them back from the dead, from like their bones and their, their hide. And, um, and the goats were just cool with it, which is weird, but <laughs> I don't know. I'm not going to yuck anyone's yum. But, so they, he would resurrect them, uh, and Loki tried to trick the kid um, and said, like, hey, you know Thor's power comes from the bone marrow of the goat. So, like, that's why he doesn't want you to eat the, the bones, is because that's where it gets all its power from. That's where it gets its power, and he doesn't want you to be as strong as Thor um, and good at, good at farming. Even though Thor was, like, a nine-foot-tall, laser-red-eyed ginger. Yep. But, but whatever, like, oh yeah, his strength comes from like a goat bone. But, um, <laughs> he's he's pretty jealous of that strength. It it kind of runs through in a in a few of the stories for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but th- I don't know. I just like that um, when he when he raises the the uh, goats back up from the dead. The kid had cracked the bone to get the marrow, and now the bone uh, the goat had like a little limp because it's it's uh, tootsies were broken. And um, and so then he Thor made the kids pull the chariot, and so um, Ariga the charioteer um, uh, is also you know because of a lot of cross cultural like not contamination but sharing of stories mm-hmm. um, is a man holding a goat and the chariot is pulled by goats. But um, when we get this like uh, Germanic tribe and Norse like crossover, it ends up being that it's Thor holding the goat that has the broken leg. And then um, if you look out to Taurus, uh, the two main stars in uh, Taurus become the uh, kids pulling the, pulling the chariot for the goat that he's like, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to give you pets. You you had a, you had a bad day. (laughs) Uh, It's going to be okay. These kids are going to pull our chariot now. And I like that one because it's got a full story. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. It is true. There's, there's a lot of the Norse stuff where it's like, uh, maybe it's just like a cultural thing or something where it's, it's kind of hard to understand. Like <clears throat> you read the story and you're like, okay, but where's the end to it? Like, how did mm-hmm. that end up? So I do like that, that it's, and I like the idea of the kids pulling the chair yet. It's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Super funny. Like there's a lot of weird, um, uh, like Norse stories tend to be the stories of, um, like, uh, you imagine like, a, like a, like at a bar, you'd, you'd tell someone this tale, you know? Mm-hmm. And then like Greek and Roman stories are super anticlimactic um, because like they thought that uh, like a smash cut was the funniest thing in the world. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so True. Just, just the difference between them is, is really interesting. Like Norse stories tend to have an arc, but it's more of like a, like a drinky, drinky time. Like if you're at some kind of meat <laughs> hall, I don't know. Telling the stories of like your exploits and like maybe exaggerating them a little bit in comedic ways, but they always come to a nice conclusion versus mm-hmm. the Greco Romans or like smash cut to, to credits, you know? Yeah, <laughs> true. <laughs> That's true. 
There's actually a second story associated with Ariga. That was the one that I thought you were going to tell, but um, I, I do like the one about the goats pulling the chariot. But um, Ariga is also supposed to represent the battlefield for Ragnarok. Oh. Yeah. Where, uh, where Thor fights Jorgmunder? Yes. Yeah, and Odin fights the Fenris wolf. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, like, um, Ariga has gone through a couple of iterations of that. Uh, oh, no, it hasn't. Sorry. It is the battlefield of Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. And then um, so Valhalla is somewhere up there, too, but I don't remember. And I know Freya's, yeah. where, where, I don't remember the name of it, but the place where um, the Einarjar that go to, like, are in Camp Freya. Mm-hmm. That's associated with the Pleiades. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well, in all the stuff I was reading, um, it seemed like they almost considered like the entire night sky as Valhalla and all of the stars were the bonfires on the bo- on the battlefield. Yeah. And maybe maybe y'all from the uh, Meadcast um, might know better. I <laughs> know better than me. Um, so like uh, Valhalla was specifically Odin, where Odin's... Um, Einarjar went. And then uh, the one where Freya's Einarjar went had a different name. I know that the night sky was traditionally seen as like the battlefield where they'd repeat that battle every night mm-hmm. with the with like Team Freya and Team Odin <laughs> fighting. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know what you would call the whole place. And I don't remember what Freya's place is called. I think I think even the Valhalla is like it's kind of a contested thing, you know. There's so much of like Norse mythology that made it through into our culture with like little tiny bits and pieces that we've kind of tried to pull back together. Um, and I've definitely heard the like, like you said, um, I've also heard that like when they were looking at the stars, they were thinking of it as like uh, Yggdrasil, as the the tree of life mm-hmm. up there, and that the stars were each like a, a fruit on the tree of life. Yeah. Um, I just looked it up. It's Folkvanger oh. is Freya's. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dope. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, it's it's weird. So you talk about, like, the, oh, it's, it's Yggdrasil with, with the fruit. And I know in that there's supposed to be, like, a couple constellations that represent deer. But mm-hmm. when we yeah, think about... Yeah, different deer. Yeah, yeah, right? So, um, but it's like when we when we think about, like, oh, Norse constellation stories... It's not from a short time period. These no. <laughs> these constellations have gone through crazy evolutions over time. And mm-hmm. like cultural, uh, what do you call them? Cultural astrologists? No, not astrologists. Um, I think they're called cultural astronomers. That's what Danielle does, Dr. Danielle Adams. Ooh. Okay. So where where you can look at when, like, oh, these are when the constellations changed when Germanic tribes became more seafaring. These are mm-hmm. the constellation stories when they became more attuned to this. It's kind of interesting because you get um, like the uh, Milky Way is supposed to be the Bifrost in mm-hmm. a lot of mythology. Yeah. With um, Yggdrasil kind of being uh, more closer to like Draco and Polaris. Right. And you get other ones where it's like, no, 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 it's all of it. And you get somewhere, these yeah. are fires. And then you get somewhere, it's like, no, 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 this is a person in a story. And it's interesting to see them go from um, that, like, this is a real thing up there. These are real fires on a real battlefield to, no, no, no. It's like, these are a way for us to tell stories. We know that it's it's myth and it's mm-hmm. fun. And like over, you know, uh, I guess, epochs of storytelling. 
Yeah, no, I think yeah. that's that's a great point that you brought up. Like it's we we tend to think of Norse as being like one little chunk, but I mean it's a, there's basically quite possibly like a thousand years or more kind of sitting in that period, quite possibly. Mm-hmm. And and so there's probably a lot of different cultural stuff going on in there that sort of ends up adding different little layers of flavor to it. You know, I I definitely like the Milky Way as the Bifrost, like what is it? The it's two words stuck together. Rost means road and Biff means either like shimmering or, um, multicolored. And so that's kind of where like it kind of ties into the rainbow road or the, uh, yeah, the rainbow stuff. So it's it's kind of interesting. It's it's definitely confusing. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, in a, in a lot of stuff that I was reading, um, the end of the Milky Way heads over towards Taurus, which um, in certain um, in like certain things that I was reading, it actually represents the mouth of Garm, the wolf that guards Helheim. Hmm. Yeah. So it's like the Bifrost ends there. You know. Yeah. Right, right. As the as the road to hell. Yeah. <laughs> With one L. <laughs> Just one. So it's weird. Like, um, so if you look at like Celtic mythology as well, um, like Celtic constellations, Scorpius is um, this two-headed water snake, and you start to get some like weird crossovers with mm-hmm. that and um uh the midgard serpent uh like, <laughs> like at the base you know mm-hmm. um because wasn't that something like he like the uh would shake the world tree at the end yeah yeah um, yeah that's like a, a lot of the depictions of it are like uh of Jorgmunder like strangling the tree basically mm-hmm yeah i just i also think it's really cool like especially because you guys brought up like how long this um this like empire i guess is the way i would put it um was there because like there are even just different retellings of the same stories you know like when i was looking up uh stuff about ragnarok there were like five different things that i found you know right um and i think that's really cool how they just kind of i i almost feel like it's because they were like passing a lot of this on by word of mouth instead of like writing a lot of it down you know yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's very yeah, it's very dynamic, and you know, on one part of our human brains, we 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 get uncomfortable with that. <laughs> we're like, no, we want this one story of like what happened and what they thought these stars were. Um, mm-hmm. But the other part of our brain is, uh, at least you know, it sounds like for all of us, is intrigued about that change and about the dynamicness of of the storytelling. And and when John, you were talking about you know the culture shifting to say more sailing or more maybe. I don't know, but maybe it shifted to more agriculturally based or, you know, those stories tend to change too, because we tell stories of things that are important to us, um, mm-hmm. as well as entertainment. And so a shifting culture, um, man, you could take a deep dive and I'm sure people have, it'd be interested, interesting to see almost like a, a parallel timeline of stories and myths to actually what was happening in that culture, which might be actually hard for mm-hmm. us to find, but yeah. yeah. Considering the like limited amount of material that was actually, you know, written down that we were able to, to find through archeology span or whatever, like it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a tough one to piece back together. Totally. Because you've got like a couple poems, right? Like the Prosetta and uh, yeah, the Eddas. The, yeah, just the Eddas. Um, mm-hmm. so it's like, but you can see a lot of those stories touching other other groups and kind of seeing how it works out, which is fun. 
Mm-hmm. Always, Which I, always a good I time. think that's like a huge component of their society too, being that they were such travelers, you know, like the, yeah. the stars were obviously extremely important to them because that's, that was the way they found their way across the sea was using those old shiny rocks in the sky. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, uh, like it's, they definitely incorporated so many other cultures into their stuff on sort of a, a ready basis. And I think part of that maybe is just like all the multiple gods and the, the, I don't know. I would, I don't want to say like how confusing, but just how detailed some of that stuff is like it, I think it's easy for them to kind of pull on other cultural things, kind of like, you know, Santa and Odin and all that other stuff that yeah. goes along with it too. Like they, they incorporated other bits of other cultures very quickly into, mm. into their culture. Yeah. yeah. And whether by really? choice or force. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This, this is 10,000% John Compton, like Norse fanfic, but <laughs> I like to imagine because so if you're seafaring, right, um, and you travel far enough away, um, <laughs> thank you. love the foley. Uh, no, no, don't stop. Uh, so, um, you're, you're you're traveling far enough away. Um, you need new like stars, yeah, yeah, to figure yeah. out where you are and to navigate, right? So if Whoa. you're traveling all the way to like Canada, um, you're going to need some different constellation stories to help you out. If you travel far enough south, you're really going to need some different huh. constellation stories to help mm-hmm. you out. And I wonder if there's a bit of like, what's the story or what's, what's like a local story? Okay, this one. Yeah, it's probably, okay, we're going to say that star is represented by this story so we can mm-hmm. remember it. That's John fanfic, but I can imagine it and it, and it feels cool. <laughs> I mean, that feels right. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's really yeah, really interesting and cool because yeah, those different like northern and southern hemispheres, you've got completely different, you know, I don't know views or, or like whatever or like things to to incorporate into your into your map basically of, yeah. of mm-hmm. where you're going. Huh? Cool. Yeah. Well, and like yeah, the the one that I usually talk about when it comes to like um, helping them sail and everything is the Pleiades. Like when the Pleiades are rising, it's supposed to represent like when there's fail, fair sailing weather, you know? And so, um, earlier I mentioned a lot of the like actual constellation stories that they have are w- associated with like winter constellations. Um, that's kind of when the Pleiades are up. And so I imagine that's probably when they were doing most of their sailing. Mm. So that's, that's kind of sense. That's what I found too, was that there was a lot more in the way of like wintertime constellation for navigation kind of stuff, which is, which is crazy though, too, because generally most oceans, especially up that way are so much more violent, turbulent, storm ridden Mm -hmm. in the wintertime than they are in the summertime. So maybe like they traveled in the winter as a way to maybe help preserve food better or something like that. Like I found it kind of interesting that a lot of it was very, very winter based. Did they travel a lot in the winter? Um, or, or was it the case that, um, cause you, you could make an argument that like, okay, summer is better sailing, mm-hmm. right? So you'd get, you would do it with the illegal setting of the Pleiades to say, Hey, mm. safe now. And then, um, you're stuck and you're bored all winter cause you can't go sailing. And yeah. that's you're when just you tell stories. Stars. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so a lot yeah. of. A lot of concepts, like usually we see that cultures will go through a shift when it comes to their, how they tell constellation stories, where they begin with some sort of like, this is part of a a cosmology, right? Mm -hmm. These stars are physical things. And then you shift to like, 
um, having it be a way to help you remember the, the campfire stories that you tell mm-hmm. your friends. Right. And so it's like, oh, okay, what's another story we can tell? Like, or it's basically like browsing Netflix. Like what, <laughs> what story are we going to tell? Like, oh, I forgot. Yeah. It's the one about the whale. So you tell yeah. the one about the whale. <laughs> and, and then like during the summer, you know, you're busy all day. I don't know. Mm-hmm. This is John Compton argument could be made that um, maybe there's more winter ones because that's when you can't do the sailing. Yeah. Yeah. It totally um, could be. You get, a, you get a lot more yeah. star time in the winter too. So yeah. True. That's very true. Yeah, yeah, I think when I read that it was like, oh, yeah, during um, the winter is when they did the, most of their sailing. I was thinking along the lines of like, oh, they're on the ship at night and maybe they got bored and started telling stories, you know. So um, I I could see it either way, you know, like who who knows? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At me in the comments. Uh, right. <laughs> if you if you if you are a Norse Norse time traveler, please <laughs> let me know in the comments. <laughs> Please, Uh, that would be great. I've got some other questions too while you're at it. Well, (laughs) if you find that person. (laughs) Right, honestly. One of the um, winter stories that I usually talk about actually has to do with uh, Gemini. And it's not the entire constellation of Gemini. Gemini is like this huge constellation because it's in Greek mythology, it's the twins, right? So it's like two bodies. Hmm. But um, in Norse mythology, the stories that I was finding were actually about uh, that Z's eyes and the kidnapping of Idun. Have you guys heard that story? Uh, yeah. Uh, Idun? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you want to tell it? it? Because like you are pronouncing things right and I'm very much not. Well, I, I, I doubt that. I don't <laughs> know. Spin like, us a yarn. We can't. We yeah. just released. We just released a mist uh, or a mist. We, yeah. We just released a mist over here, by the way. It's really part of that ocean talk, you know. It, nice. it smells terrible. No, we didn't. <laughs> um, we just uh, released a, a mead um, that has a name that is has like three different pronunciations. So as far as mm. me pronouncing things um, correctly, it is, uh, yeah, not a. Not a not a given for sure. I mean, <laughs> we're, words we're are made up anyway. Yeah, we're likely so. to butcher things. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's a couple of different versions though too, even of that um, that story, and and one mm-hmm. of them is where like Thor actually threw the eyes up there as a trophy, basically, and there's another one where the eyes were thrown up there into the sky to to shine by Odin as like an apology um, mm-hmm. over the the death of the the giant. Yeah, that's the one I heard because like um, his daughter went to Odin and was like, hey, what the heck? Like your buddies killed my dad and I'm like really young and don't know what to do and like can't live on my own. And then um, that's how she ends up marrying uh, the god Njord because Odin was like, okay, I'll let you marry any of my bachelor gods but you have to pick them based off of their feet, which is right. just like the weirdest, <laughs> like why? Um, and she was trying to find Balder cause he was like this beautiful God and everybody loved him. He was a super great guy. Um, so she was like, Oh, he's got to have the most beautiful feet. And then she ends up picking uh, Njord's feet because they apparently were really beautiful, even though he was a horrible God, according to what I was reading. Never judge a god by his feet. That's what my mom always taught me. (laughs) (laughs) 
I actually told that story during one of my constellation tours and this girl came up to me and she was like, I heard that story when I was in like middle school and I was like, why are they teaching you about picking people's feet in, in middle school? Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of school weird. did you go to? I know. <laughs> that was my thought. John, do you know about this story? No, I do not. Oh. Wait. I think, Haley, I think you're the expert on this story. Yeah. Oh. Well, I'm not um, super familiar with it either. Like the eagle and I know that like, I don't know, Loki got like thrown. (laughs) Yeah. Bits and pieces from our, we should have our um, resident Viking here, Halbjorn. And he'd be able to rattle all this stuff off. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah, no, totally. I, um, so the the story I heard, I'll just tell you guys the whole thing instead of just bits and pieces and like alluding to stuff. <laughs> um, but the story I read was um, that Z ended up meeting Loki and uh, Loki being the god of mischief was up to no good as always. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he was uh, talking to Z and he was like, hey, I know you don't really like the Asir gods, right? And so um, I think one good way to mess with them is to kidnap Idun because Idun was this like, um, I don't want to say like paternal figure, but like everybody looked up to him, you mm-hmm. know, because he was like a very um, outstanding guy. <laughs> and so uh, Thadzi was like, yeah, totally, I'm on board. And so they end up uh, kidnapping Thadzi, or uh, kidnapping Idun, sorry. And they're like running away and all the gods notice he's missing and they start freaking out. And so they start uh, chasing after Thadzi and Loki. And um, Thadzi notices that gods are behind them. So he goes to ask Loki what to do. And Loki just disappears, just like is (laughs) gone, you know, in true Loki fashion. Um, And so Thadzi just has this like kidnapped god and doesn't know what to do. And he gets caught by the Asir gods. And uh, they're so furious with him that they slay him. And... um, that's when uh, his daughter, I think her name's pronounced Skadi or something like that. Um, she ends up going to Odin and being like, hey, I don't know what I'm supposed to do here. Like your uh, your blood brother ended up getting my father killed. Like you need to figure something out. And so uh, that's when Odin was like, oh, I will place your father's eyes into the night sky so that he can always watch over you. And she's like, that's cool, but I need like real help, you know? <laughs> so, um, and that's what leads to her, uh, picking Njord by his, uh, by his feet. And she ends up like, uh, one, one ending of the story that I read that I absolutely love is, uh, she like moves in with him, but he doesn't live in, um, Asgard. He lives on this like icy mountain that's isolated from everyone. And so she's just like trapped in this place with no one around. And so she like, uh, learns how to, you know, like hunt and, uh, cook and clean and all the things that you need to be like a functioning adult. Um, and, then when she realizes that she's self-sustaining and everything, she leaves Nord and just like goes off and lives her own life. Hmm. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> the feet just couldn't hold it together. I know. The feet weren't enough. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's like there's there's relatively few Norse stories that actually mention stars. And I think that's that's one of like just a few, I believe. Yeah. Um there's there's another one with the uh, and I'm I'm gonna butcher this name but our our Vondel's toe yeah yeah oh, that's the, what I was the thinking. toe yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
Back to the feet. Right. I know. What is it with them and feet? Like, <laughs> I'm telling you, they're barroom stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Get a couple meads in you, you just start talking about feet. It, 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 it has happened more than once or twice with me and Evan while we were sitting at the bar of the mead hall. It's true. Yeah. What it's you not even, I'm looking at my feet. You're, right not, you're not even wearing shoes. I don't know. I was just looking. Well, I mean, I'm comfortable here. <laughs> I was literally thinking about that. I was like, maybe it's because they were like getting comfortable at the bar and then their feet hurt. So they like took off their shoes and then they were like, let's talk about feet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and also washing them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think the I doing thing, isn't that the one, not to bring it back to that, but um, totally. Go for where it. there was like a, a and falcon and eagle chase like like the giant was chasing back after loki i may be getting them mixed up which i i often I mean, do and then like he like turned idun into a nut so that he could hold him better when he was trying to bring him back to the god yeah <laughs> i don't yeah. know i might be totally off on that one but i just no, like I think you're right okay. yeah i just feel like that's a, a good I visual that story i didn't know the first part of the story i know the part because like um usually like aquila the eagle Mm -hmm. is depicted as um the troll or the giant or whatever um that's turned into an eagle and is trying to like <clears throat> like whenever it flaps its wings it flaps them so hard like basically you know, like a little burst of burst of uh, fire kind of thing mm -hmm. and then um they uh surround like their little little house area wherever the gods their little city thing with flammable mm -hmm. stuff um, and so, like, it's supposed to be turning away as fast as it can when it realizes that it done messed up. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's kind of, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. The, the the little bit of the story that, that I remember from that part. But, no, totally. I um, So for my Constellation tours, they're only, like, a max of 30 minutes. And so a lot of the stories I cut down when I'm telling people. And so I definitely think that was part of it. Um, there was like quite a bit more to the story than what I told. Um, yeah, but, but you got like the important the part down with the feet. So it's good. Yeah. The feet are the most important part. <laughs> Real grounded. <laughs> oh, and we've lost about 20, 20 uh, listeners with the feet. But we've talk. gained 30 more. <laughs> exactly. That's, yeah, yeah. We've netted quite a few. <laughs> I also always like to talk because Jupiter is often associated with Thor. And so mm. I'll tell the story mm -hmm. of Thor's wedding whenever Jupiter's out. <laughs> ah. It's funny. Um, Cause that's like a, a, like a, yeah, a good revelous tale. Um, mm -hmm. And when is that? Other. What? And when is that? When is Jupiter out? It's like out now. Know, most of the time. Yeah. Oh, okay. Most of the time starting around now-ish. Now well, no, starting around, um, Early September-ish, you start to see it okay. pretty easily in the sky. Cool. So what's yeah, the, totally. what's that story? I'm interested. Oh, the story of the story of you know the story of Thor's wedding. Uh, <laughs> it's great. So um, you know Thor is the he's the god of agriculture, right? He's the farmer god. So again, he's this nine foot tall, like giant ginger with a huge beard and red glowing laser eyes, like a demon Whoa. eyes. <laughs> mm -hmm. But basically, uh, some um, some giants stole Th stole Thor's hammer, um, and no, he's hammerless because he got drunk one night and forgot it, um, probably over a glass or two or barrel or five of mead, and 
uh, misplaced it. And the, basically, the the giant said, um, "We're going to marry Freya. I want I want Freya's hand, um, or you're not going to get your hammer back, right?" And the gods were like, "Like her physical hand, because that would be way easier than convincing her to marry you." <laughs> and he's like, "No, no, I want to marry her. She's she's beautiful, and I I want to I want her." She's and beautiful. The giants were super, super tall, like crazy tall dudes. And uh, so Freya is like, absolutely not. Peace out. I'm riding my chariot pulled by cats. Y'all can figure this out. This is your mess. Um, so they s- scatter off, go chase a laser pointer or whatever. And then, um, so I think it was uh, Heimdall suggested like, hey, hey, how about, um, how about, you know, because Thor is the one that lost his hammer. How about we make Thor dress up like Freya and do the, do the wedding? And everyone's like, ha, ha, ha. Thor's like, oh, Heimdall, you're crazy. And Heimdall's <laughs> like, no, no, seriously. <laughs> so the story goes on where basically like they make him pick out his own wedding dress as punishment mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff. And it's supposed to be very beautiful. And um, they had to give him this big, thick, like a blackout curtain type veil to cover his glowing red laser eyes and his giant beard. Um, but like compared to a giant, he did look petite. So they were like, maybe this will work. So like they, uh, Loki is sort of the, um, groomsman, I guess, and <laughs> goes out and like preps the wedding. And he's like, Oh no, like, uh, Freya is so happy. This is going to be great. Um, and basically picks out all the stuff to, to pick on Thor, like for the wedding. And mm-hmm. so they're at the wedding and, um, I don't necessarily remember the order of it, but, uh, there's like this big feast to begin with. And, um, Thor eats like a bunch of salmon and drinks a bunch of mead and like um, eats like a bunch of ox and all kinds of stuff. And he's like, just going to ham, going, going to town on this food. <laughs> and the giant's like, uh, Freya, she's got a, got a, <laughs> she's eating a lot there. And Loki's like, oh, well, she, she has, she's been so happy about the wedding. She's been like flitting around, picking out all the favorite things and stuff like that. She just forgot to eat for like three days. And the giant's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I like a like a a, a goddess with an appetite, you know. <laughs> like, right. So then, um, Thor has had so much meat now; he's getting a little bit, little bit tipsy. And so, um, they're having like a little, like a little dance, you know, uh, <laughs> dancing before before the actual ceremony, and um, and like the veil kind of moves, and they see um, Thor's red glowing laser eyes, and they're like, um, uh, Freya's eyes, they're, they're quite it's like really red. And Loki's like, oh no, no, she she was like working on her own vows yesterday, and she's so excited. She she didn't sleep all all night. She just like wanted she wanted this to be perfect. And the the giant's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so then, um. I feel like something else happened, but um, basically uh, um, the, the ceremony is starting to happen. It's the giant and then um, little petite, beautiful Thor in his wedding dress. <laughs> and um, Loki uh, is like, hey, we should we should grab Thor's hammer, right? <laughs> so that to like facilitate the blessing because it's known for helping things grow and fertility and things like that. If we put the wedding right there between or if we put the hammer right there between you during the ceremony to like bless the ceremony between the the giants <laughs> and Freya and the giants like oh yeah 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 make good good strong babies you know so they put the hammer there and Thor's like okay rips off his veil grabs the hammer and beats 
everyone to death <laughs> while wearing his wedding dress and just like splattered with more and more tie-dye giant blood until it's all over. And I think that's a hilarious barroom story. Perfect. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's so true. <laughs> I love that story. I told that story at the astronomy back in September. Um, I told these stories, but yeah. Um, <laughs> I think that was Thrym. Was that the giant's name? I could be pronouncing that Maybe. wrong too. That I don't know a lot of right. names, to be honest. I know yeah. like the names are the names are tough on some of those. There's like variations on the story where it was like the the giant had buried it eight miles underground or something like that, oh. and that's where they had mm-hmm. to get the hammer from for the uh, for the wedding ceremony. Anytime Loki's involved in anything, like you can guarantee there's going to be some sort of terrible shenanigans. Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> it's just part of his spiel. Totally. Yeah, I mean, you can really put all the uh, the barroom fun of the telling, a lot of it on him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Him turning into a horse and having a baby horse. Like, I mean, I was ooh, literally yeah. thinking about that one. <laughs> Sagittarius. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh really? Schlepnir is, is Sagittarius? Huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. See, I don't know the, yeah. the combinations here. But, well, it's um, it's kind of interesting because there's a lot of the constellations that like it's the same thing that they're just like like uh, Ursa Minor and Ursa Major basically end up as I, I can't remember exactly what they were in the, in the Norse constellation stuff. But like the, they transfer right over. We're using the using the same shapes. Everybody mm-hmm. used the same stars for their mm-hmm. for their points. Gotcha. Yeah, totally. Totally. Wait. I think they were the chariots of Freya and Thor. Yeah, I uh, think you're uh, right. The dippers, yeah. I've also heard them as the big cart and the little cart. That's mm-hmm. the way they call that. But yeah, it's the Freya and um, yeah, and Thor. Thor. Yeah. Um, chariot, or a.k.a. cart. The cart. Mm-hmm. The carts of the goats and the cats. <laughs> but, or wagons. Um, Sag- Sometimes referred to as a wagon. wagon. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. Sagittarius um, is a centaur. But the bow are the other two legs. Right. Mm-hmm. To, to make the six the six legged uh Schlepnir. Yeah. Schlepnir. Two legs yeah. too many. Two legs well two or, legs too many. Or maybe But he was fast. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe two legs too little, too few. One of the other things that I uh, typically talk about, and I, I can talk about this pretty often because it's about the moon and the moon's up all the time. Um, and so um, I actually read that the moon in its different phases represent different aspects of Heimdall. Um, so like since he's like the all seeing God and everything, the full moon represents like his full face watching over us. Um the three quarters moon is his like giant smile. He has like this huge toothy grin and everything. Um, and then the half moon is like, he, he loses an ear in one of the wars. And so it's like either the ear he lost or the ear he still has, depending on which half moon it is. Um, and the, uh, crescent moon is supposed to be the horn that he blows to signal Ragnarok. So, huh? Yeah. That's that's awesome. I've never heard that. That's, that's so cool. cool. Manny's got yeah. a lot of things there. Manny. Yeah. Wonder, so speaking of like the moon and things like that, and um, mm-hmm. you know, like most of the days of the week are Norse. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if there's like so a, a lot of groups would use like the moon as um like calendar like that early calendar system. Like what um sort of area of the sky it's in would tell you the month. So like that's where we get the zodiac constellations and things like that. 
are like, oh, we're currently in uh, Gemini, the month of Gemini. You know what I mean? Um, I wonder if there's like some weird, some cool thing with that. Mm-hmm. Um, any in your research that you you find anything like that, like how to track the month by Heimdall's uh, face? Because that would also <laughs> show you like the month, right? Yeah, I actually haven't seen that month? anywhere, but I'm sure that's a thing. Yeah, so those would be weeks in the month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. And you mentioned yeah. four of them, right? I don't know. Something yeah. there, nerds. Look it up at me in the comments. <laughs> um, or like, get on the Discord and tell me how wrong I am all the time. Totally. <laughs> um, actually. Um, actually. <laughs> no, or if nothing else, someone can make up that whole thing that you just said and, and yeah. come, up, come up with a new myth. True. A neo-myth. Right? Who is no. going to stop us? No yeah, one owns some, the stars. Yeah, prove me, prove me wrong. Come back. <laughs> You'll get so many diseases, time traveling Norseman. Your immune system isn't ready. <laughs> oh wow! Oh my gosh! That's, I like I like wow. how in touch though they were with this sort of thing. Like you know, a lot of times when I'm outside at night or something, I'm like, oh look, the moon. Like it it doesn't hold like a whole lot of relevance. And if you're sitting here during the daytime and you were like, hey, what phase is the moon in? Like most people would not know that sort of thing off the top of their head. But back Mm -hmm. then, like that was important. Like that's how you, that's like you guys said, that's part of how you told time. And you'd be like, oh, okay, it's been a week. I should probably like check on that now or whatever it was. Like you used it as a, as a, as a watch essentially. And now like, I'm like, oh, look, the moon. (laughs) Right. (laughs) It's doing stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Time flies. We're actually out of time. Um, I looked at the clock and I was like, oh, man, um, it's been such a, a fun podcast. I think this is honestly probably my favorite one that we've done. Like this, is, this was Whoa. a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. We're honored. We're honored. <laughs> of course. We weren't even drinking. I know. <laughs> Dang. You, you, you weren't? Oh. Uh. <laughs> um, so... To all our listeners out there, I'd like to remind you that we have a Discord channel and a Twitter where you can see some cool behind-the-scenes content. Um, And you can also use the hashtag, hashtag AskStarStuff to ask us any questions you might have about life, the universe, and everything. Um, If the people listening to this have questions about bees, honey, mead, uh, Norse mythology, how could they contact you guys, Meavecast? Meatcast, meatcast, meatcast. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, basically anywhere. Uh, you can find us. We're all over Instagram, Facebook, um, TikTok, uh, YouTube. Nice. YouTube. Yeah. And then uh, for podcast wise, for the Meatcast that uh, we do, it can be found on pretty much every podcatcher that, that's out there. And if uh, there's a favorite one that anyone out there likes and you want to see us on there, uh, hit me up and um, we will we'll find it. Nice. Jump onto it. Yeah, just look for Drinking Horn Mead Casts on there, um, on pretty much anything. And if you just type into Google Drinking Horn Meadery, you'll you'll find all kinds of shenanigans of ours there. Yeah, yeah. I think if they're able to listen to you guys right now and listen to us, they'll find us. Um, yeah, totally. For sure. Uh, yeah, and uh, our, our favorite one right now, our favorite uh, podcast catcher uh, is Good Pods. Um, definitely love how you can have interactions and comments and all that stuff where you can't normally in, in other ones, but just want to throw that out there. Yeah. Yeah. Join us. We have fun. We have a lot of fun, uh, 
on on Instagram and TikTok and stuff like that. So yeah. Yeah. And if you guys are in Flagstaff, you should check out the Drinking Horn. It's one of my favorite places. I go to trivia there every Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, that's how I met Nick. And he yes. was like, I have a podcast. And I was like, I have a podcast too. We should <laughs> podcast together. <laughs> that's so better than fighting the podcasts against each other. That's yeah. that's much better. Yeah, I know. I, I was like, we gotta we gotta like be arm in arm together in this podcast. <laughs> I like it. Absolutely. I like it. All you meet is love. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. This podcast was made possible by our members and donors. If you enjoyed this episode and want to support our nonprofit in making more digital education like this available, go to lowell.edu slash donate. Thanks for listening. <laughs>